When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Emily. And this is Sandra. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls rewatch podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the season two roundup. Insane. Yeah. Woo! Insane. We survived it. Barely? <laughs> <laughs> guys, okay. We usually start every episode of season two with a quick summary, and mm-hmm. there was an ongoing, you get a point if you don't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Which confused the hell out of us. We're going to restructure that for the next time. But long story short, Jess, you kind of did not make it. Yeah, I had a lot of points. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. So in last place is Jess with three points and me and Emily actually tied with two points. That being said, Emily, you had an episode there where you went about a whole sentence over time but we were just so impressed with how fast you went that we just didn't count it so for that reason i'm counting you as second place that's fair which means i won <laughs> so exciting yeah. well i mean you were the season one summary queen so i was you sense. were yes but uh all season we've been struggling what's the forfeit for losing well guys We have a great forfeit for you guys. The hardest thing is, how do you create a punishment for someone that is at least semi-interesting for people to listen to? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Jess, would you like to tell them? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you'll find out soon enough, but my uh, forfeit for being the highest point loser was I... I'm treating you to my dulcet tones as the jingle singer for this episode. (laughs) Fair warning, my range and the wonderful gentleman who we had do our jingles, very different. Uh, I also just really can't sing, so be forewarned, the jingles are going to be a little wonky today. But since Emily is our second place loser, winner, you're second place. Mediocrity? (laughs) Right in the middle. The middle child. It means you also have, you have a tinier forfeit. I do. But a little bit more anxious. So my forfeit that I am going to do is I am going to try to summarize the entire season in one minute. Oof. Now, 
this is primarily grabbing like multi-episode arcs. I ignored many of the small one episode art, one episode lines, like the termites do not exist. Stuff like that. <laughs> Neither do they in the so, land, so it's fine. Yeah. Stuff like that. So um I read it at my normal speed and got like a minute thirty. I added two or three things, and now we're gonna see if I can talk twice as fast as I do normally. Alright, ready? Three, two, one, go. We start off the season with Lorelai nearly engaged to Max and Rory and Dean officially back together. Richard proves that he should never be introduced to one of Rory's boyfriends unless the boy is from the proper social class. Lena's getting sent away to her career, possibly forever, and Lorelai does some real damage to their relationship with the grandparents by not telling them about her engagement. Suki and Jackson decide to move in together after Jackson freaks out about marriage and Lorelai sends an olive branch to Emily for not mentioning the engagement. Michelle invites Emily to Lorelai's bachelor party and oh crap, Lorelai doesn't want to get married. The wedding is off and Lorelai and Rory take off on a road trip to Harvard. On the plus side, Lane's back and Luke is clearly happy about the breakup and Lorelai decides now is the time to open an inn with Suki. Turns out Luke is not an only child and his nephew Jess moving to Stars Hollow and he immediately causes trouble. Tristan shows up to cause some more jealousy between Rory and Dean but immediately gets that away again for good this time. Don't worry though, we have someone else here to cause problems between Rory and Dean. Jess is spreading bitch around town and sniffing around Rory's heels. Suki and Jackson get engaged. Richard in the meantime retires and gets a graduate respect for Dean. Why you ask? Because Dean built Rory a car. Christopher shows up with a new girlfriend. Lorelai is a tad bit jealous. Dean gets more of a bearing and Rory clearly develops feelings for Jess. Richard realizes he doesn't want to be retired and starts his own business. Jess wrecks, car, wrecks Rory's car and gets them back to New York. A new store opens and stars hollow and Lee discovers her passion drumming. Lorelai, does, Lorelai graduates business school and Rory takes an impromptu tap to see Jess in New York. Missing Lorelai's graduation. Chris shows up even more and tells Lorelai she, ah. So Holy close. Holy Christ. Oh my god. <laughs> I definitely stumbled over some words. I'm not sure I fully pronounced them. I really want to stress for listeners we did not speed that up. That was not edited. <laughs> that, that was just Emily. That was completely unedited. Sandra and I's faces <laughs> the whole time. Oh my gosh. Well, okay, when podcasting eventually dies down, you can be that person who reads all of the small print for like drug ads. <laughs> <laughs> what? I could or, like, do that. Or, like, the radio person. I bet, I, that could be, like, a legit side yeah. job, I bet. Does it <laughs> Absolutely. Is, like, wow. That was insane, Emily. I have a feeling if I had better lung capacity, I might have gotten through it. I had to take a couple deep <laughs> I breaths mean, I, like, I want you to take a, a breath right now and just, like, relax. But that was incredible. How much did you have left? Um, Like, two... I mean, it's hard to tell because I have it in my email. So, uh... What I have left was Chris shows up even more, tells Lorelai he's leaving Sherry to be with her, and Rory then immediately backs out because Sherry's pregnant. Jess shows up at Suki and Jackson's wedding, and Rory gets them finishing season two with a bunch of cheating and a broken heart. I mean, that was so little that was left. Like, yeah. it was just the last episode. <laughs> That's crazy, Emily. So close. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> a quick summary of Emily's summary Jess is in town, he's the new boy, and he's here to cause some trouble between Dean and Rory. Although, I feel like trouble just kind of exists between Dean and Rory because it even existed with Tristan, who left this season. Like, Jess just comes in to fill the void of, we need somebody to make Dean jealous. Exactly. And meanwhile, there's also a nice romance between Jackson and Suki brewing up. They do get engaged. Anything else really happen this season besides Jess causing trouble and Suki and Jackson? I mean, Rory and Dean somehow managed to stick it out for the whole season. Oh, uh, that countdown is going to start soon, though. Also, 
Lorelai was engaged at the beginning of this she season. She was. And then kind of almost engaged to somebody else at the end of the season. Yeah. Like, I really have a feeling if Sherry's pregnancy had not happened, Things they could have been, been engaged, yeah. like, by the beginning of season three. Well, before we go any farther, let's just jump into our main discussion of the episode and enjoy Jess's Lala's. <laughs> la 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 Season two. Did we like season two? I love season two. Me too. I think it's honestly. probably... I'd say two and three are probably my favorites. I feel like I don't like two as much because I loved four so much. It's hard for me to like see beyond how much I love four. But I do think that two improves upon one. Mm-hmm. I agree with two being better than one, but one is so good. And I'm so excited or like anxious to get to four. Because I don't have the same thoughts as you, Jess. Mm-hmm. I, four is devastating to me. Yeah. yeah. Four is one that I don't start my rewatch there very often. No. Neither yeah. Like, I don't think I actively dislike any of the seasons. I just enjoy the show as a whole. But for some reason, season four is just, it feels so awkward to me. Well, season two is what we're talking about today. And yep. I I think it's still in that magical Gilmore Girl land of like stars hollowy and very towny. It doesn't mm-hmm. have that real world aspect that some of the later seasons have. And I do yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I think season two, we're getting a lot more of the side characters. Definitely. We're getting a lot more of the character of stars hollow itself. Like, all of the little events that we're seeing. The snowman building contest, uh, the baskets, um, the the reenactment. Mm-hmm. Like, we're getting more of that stuff that makes Stars Hollow quirky, and it's starting to flesh out. It was mm-hmm. a concept in season one, and now it's like, okay, I can get behind this town. I know what they're about. Well, in season one, we're told about all these town events, but really, we really don't see a whole lot of them. Whereas season two, we we do get to see a lot of them. And I feel like season two ups the drama a little bit. I agree. Completely. Having like the love triangles in there and even Lorelai having a bit of a love triangle between Max and Luke and then maybe Luke and Christopher and Christopher and Lorelai and Sherry and mm-hmm. God knows what else. But the drama has been upped. <laughs> it kind of ups the writing as well. I feel like season one is definitely a family show. And season two, while mm-hmm. still family-oriented, you know, sex is mentioned more, and, like, we see scenes of just, say, like, we pure actually get, like, yeah. post-sex scenes mm-hmm. without actually seeing anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, as much as I love season two, I love season three a lot. I feel like season two sometimes drags. There are episodes mm-hmm. yeah. where nothing happens, and you kind of pick up in two, three episodes later. And, you know, it is the WBCW curse of 22 mm-hmm. episodes. It's, sometimes it's great. Like, I love having so many Gilmore Girls episodes, but I do appreciate 13 episodes. Yeah. I don't know. Everything with 13 episodes, I'm just like, but I want more. 
<laughs> I'm used to these 22 episode seasons. Come on. Well, it's also, it's incredible that there's 22 episodes in a season and they're all like 45 minute episodes. Yeah. Like there is a ton of content in this show. Oh, and they talk about too how the average Gilmore Girls script is like 50% larger than the average 45 minute TV show script. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because the dialogue is so fast paced and everything. So you would fit right in. I would. <laughs> yeah, Emily wouldn't have a problem. <laughs> well, memorizing it, however, another issue. But it just, it's amazing how fantastic all of the actors and actresses in this show do with these up scenes. Well, guys, let's talk about our favorite episodes. Who would like to go first? I can go first. Okay. I feel like uh, my favorite is kind of picking the easy favorite of the season. My favorite is the Bracebridge Dinner. It's one of those truly memorable early season Gilmore episodes. It's got a lot of feel-good vibes. It's got kind of the key cast of characters and even the key side characters that you love Mm -hmm. all in one place. They're having a good time. Yes, there's drama, but it's not an episode that ends and makes you feel bummed out. Yeah, I agree. It just, it's like a feel-good, cozy episode. It really is. I think that is one of the best episodes with Suki and Jackson. Like, Suki, mm-hmm. they knock oh, it yeah. out of the park. <laughs> yeah. Even with Rune. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Rune yes. is in that episode and Rune. <laughs> Rune provides some good comic relief if you don't think too much into the fact that he is potentially a, an axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> true it's like the office where like they have the this scranton strangler yeah. <laughs> yeah but no i just feel like it's it's just a really fun episode and there are some really boring episodes this season there are some really stressful episodes this season and this is like a nice comfortable midpoint where you can rewatch and just feel good mm-hmm. i agree i rewatched this episode so many times if anything, yeah. just for Jess jumping into that sleigh. <laughs> Out of oh, nowhere. Where does it come from? Diving. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite episode is A Tisket, A Tasket. I'm a Jess girl. It's their first date. It's very cute. Suki and Jackson get engaged. All the business with Lorelai and Miss Patty. And, like, eventually that means Lorelai and Dean. And Dean. Yeah, actually, kind of. (laughs) Honestly, there is Uh, a Lorelai and Luke have their first date, and which wasn't really a date, but whatever. I just love it. It's such a cute episode. There is drama. I don't like Dean in the episode, Mm -hmm. but I think as an episode, it makes the episode a little bit more dramatic, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Dean running to Lorelai is a little cringe. Yeah. 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 I'd say more than a little. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with all the... Co- like, they have so many conversations about it, it feels like. They do. Between Lorelai and Dean about Rory mm-hmm. going off with Jess. It just... It's uncomfortable. I would be uncomfortable if my boyfriend went to my mom that many times. So yeah. many times. Ever, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's awkward. <laughs> I feel you yeah. there. But the whole basket concept, like, you know, say what you will, maybe it's a little sexist maybe whatever it's just it's a cozy idea 
the idea of packing your basket and, you know, hoping that your special someone buys it. I think it's really cute. And it's one of my favorite, like, town events for sure. Mm-hmm. How about you, Emily? Um, So my favorite, I think, for this season is, like, mother, like daughter. Okay. So no, no boy issues, really, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Other than Headmaster Charleston, if you want to count him as a boy. And a little weird Luke jealousy. Yeah, from Lorelai. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Headmaster Charleston tells the Lorelai's that they are not socializing enough. So Rory gets almost uh, inaugurated into the puffs. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Lorelai joins the boosters and hosts a fashion show at the inn. Where we get to see a wonderful walk down with Emily and Lorelai together. Dressed in sister outfits, I guess. Matching outfits. Matching outfits, yeah. I love this episode because you see Lorelai, like, egg Emily on in a fun... Like, it's malicious compliance. She's doing exactly what she was told to do. And it's nice to see Rory kind of stand up for herself. Like, because she goes just along... She goes with the flow and does what he tells her to do. And then when she gets in trouble for it, she actually stands up for herself to the headmaster, which we, I don't think, ever see again. At least not to that extent. I wish they would have kept her and that girl as friends. Because, yeah, yeah, that would have been together at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing we didn't mention with, like, good parts of the season is the evolution of Rory and Paris. Definitely. That's another thing I love about this episode is you actually see Paris become a little bit vulnerable Mm -hmm. because she really wants to be in the puffs as well. And she sees Rory as her ticket in and she kind of opens up a little bit about her feelings there. And I think towards the end of the season, Paris and Rory are good. Now, of course, that's going to change in like five seconds in season three. (laughs) But right now they're going to Washington together. Mm hmm. And they're okay with it. Like, that's... I mean, Rory's running away. That's not yeah. clear. But <laughs> I love their friendship actually evolving. Mm-hmm. Guys, agree. we didn't really talk about Lane. I'll talk about Lane a little bit in fashion. Ooh, okay. But, I mean, yeah, Lane also... I feel like we're starting to see Lane, but I think that season three is definitely when we're going to see Lane come into her own. Yes, I agree. We see it a little bit close to the end where she, where the music shop, music shop opens, and she discovers her passion of drumming. We're starting to see it a little bit, but we haven't had like a really good Lane plot this season. I feel like justice for Lane always, always. Yes, guys, with all these highs, of course, like we said before, season two kind of has a lot of lows. Yeah, just episodes that don't make sense. For me, the one that shouts out, I'm the worst episode of the season is Secret and Loans. <laughs> I, I just, I that episode is so bad. That is the termite episode, right? <laughs> that is the termite episode. Okay. It's the yeah. one where she goes to Emily for a loan. Well, she doesn't go. Rory does. Right. And there's that whole conflict. It's never, it's such a big conflict to just drop. And, like, it's mentioned a little, I guess, in the next episode. But, like, they were potentially going to lose their house because it was falling. Mm-hmm. No, it's just forgotten. Yeah. It was a throwaway episode, which is really frustrating. 
Well, and it ends with Emily essentially saying she's going to host her DAR episode or DAR uh, meetings at the end, like every Tuesday from now on. But Mm -hmm. then I was just watching season three and there's an episode where Trick shows up and Emily's kicked out of the house and she comes by the end. She's like, well, I haven't been here in a long time. I just thought I'd stop by and see it. It's like, oh, so you you didn't even do that, (laughs) which I mean, good for Emily. I feel like she just threw it out there to neg or lie on at that point. But I think it happened one episode and then it was just dropped. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. never mentioned again. Mm -mm. So, yeah, that has to go as my vote as my least favorite episode. But what about you guys? I would say mine was the ins and outs of ins. Yeah. So this is where we see Mia show up and be weirdly racist towards Michelle is really yeah I I don't know how else to describe it Uh, I mean that's exactly what it is yeah yeah. Lorelai talks to her about or doesn't I don't yeah I think she does talk to her about it but then Mia talks about potentially selling the inn and Lorelai absolutely freaks out plays a super bad friend card to Suki freaks out about Max it just it's kind of a sucky episode all the way around. I just not a huge fan of anybody really in that episode. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I don't even remember what worry storyline is in that episode. <laughs> the ins and it ins oh my gosh. The ins and outs of ins. I don't I'm either. Pretty sure it's just Rory like being upset that Lorelai starts running away from Max. I think maybe she has something with Dean. Probably. Probably. <laughs> But we don't care about Dean, so really. <laughs> wouldn't remember that either. That's how memorable this episode <laughs> also is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not. What about you, Jess? I think that mine is probably controversial, and there's like a lot of caveats with this, but my least favorite is Teach Me Tonight. And I know for a lot of people that's a really important Jess and Rory episode, and obviously a film by Kirk is like one of the best things to come out of Gilmore Girls, <laughs> but... The rest of the episode, the B-plots, cannot save the main plot for me in this one. This is obviously the tutoring that turns into the accident episode. And there's, like, there's stuff going on outside of the tutoring subplot, but it kind of doesn't matter. And then the tutoring happens, the accident happens, and Lorelai is so awful in this episode that it really colors her character for me. And yeah. I want to root for Lorelai Gilmore, right? She's, I mean, she gets a pie in her face. Absolutely. Like, she got... This was this is so awful. And I love her as a character. And I love that she's a flawed character, but it's so hard for me to excuse the way mm. that she is in this episode. And I just... It's not one that I enjoy rewatching. Yeah. It's funny, because a couple years ago, if you would have asked me what was my favorite episode of season two... It would have been Teach Me It would have been Teach Me Tonight. Yeah. I knew it was controversial. it's not even in my top three. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I see it in a different light now as an adult. Especially Lorelai's reaction is just so Mm -hmm. over the top. And poor Luke. Yeah. That being said, the acting, oof. Incredible. Incredible. Absolutely. If, I mean, if we were, if we were rating all of these episodes based on acting, it would be like, oh, did... You know, Kelly and Ed have a scene together where they didn't say any words and they just emoted. Boom. Best. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Oscars. All of them. Well, Emmys, I guess. Emmys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Gilmore Girls never won an Emmy. That blows my mind. That's a shame. Absolutely. I mean, 
at least, like, honestly, either Kelly or Ed for, like, a supporting actor would have been so easy. Well, they were trying and, it really hard with Lauren. But... Yeah. Lauren Graham has some absolutely amazingly acted episodes. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. I mean, scenes that just pull my heartstrings. Like, it blows my mind that she never won one. Mm-hmm. She is incredible. Well, guys, that was like our mini roundup of our favorite and least favorite episodes. Now, just as a quick little fun thing, I want us to rank the Gilmore boys. So we have Max, Dean, Jess, and Luke. What about Christopher? Christopher? He's pretty big in this. Okay. Okay, yeah. So let's just leave it to those yeah, five. I was thinking Max was going to be the bottom. And this is... <laughs> Just until the end of season two. So let's not include anything past that. Okay. Who is top rated of those men? Luke. Luke. Yeah. I just feel feel like like that's the obvious. Well, I mean, Luke doesn't... I don't think Luke does anything in this season that is, like, terrible. Luke will do terrible things later on. Mm -hmm. But at this point, we like Luke. Luke is a potential love interest for Lorelai. He clearly has feelings for her. He goes above and beyond for her building a hoopah for her marriage to Max. And, you know, he's helping Lori. Mm-hmm. He's great with Jess. He's trying with Jess. As of now, I don't feel like Luke has any unredeeming, non-redeeming, unredeeming. any bad qualities Unre- yeah. right now. <laughs> Guys, my second choice after Luke is a little bit controversial already, I know, because... I think it's Max. Ooh. I don't I don't think Max did anything wrong. I don't either. I'll disagree. Like I mean I think he's better he's... than Dean. <laughs> oh yeah. He's not he's not super memorable. He's not outstanding in any way, but he didn't do anything wrong besides wanting to be involved in Lorelai's life and Rory's life. And for that he got dumped <laughs> i feel like he oversteps his bounds as a teacher but lorelei yes. yeah. is also equally at fault max i don't know if uh, i mean i guess of our other choices we currently have but max i guess would be number three for me uh just because i feel like he does push lorelei a little too hard to try to date her and then whenever they fight his immediate response is well we better make some big step together like, they yeah. get in a fight, so he's like, let's get married. I'm like, dude, you're a grown man. You should have better problem-solving skills than this. I can't believe like, that yes. that was still season two. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. It feels like a long time ago. I feel like, honestly, though, if we put the way that Max communicates with Rory, because I know that made us all kind of wigged out. Yeah. If you compare that to the way that Lorelai communicates with Dean who is not her kid, not her stepkid to be, not her, not his teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, super, super weird. Max I is never... better than Lorelai in that regard. Oh, 100. Yeah, I never got weird vibes from the Max and Rory relationship. No, it, just, it, was it felt just like him. he was, yeah, overstepping. He just wanted to be the dad right away. He, yeah, he, mm-hmm. he wanted, yeah, he wanted to be the stepdad. And Lorelai and Whereas... Dean wants to be tight. They want to be friends. Unknown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, besties. <laughs> but Emily, if you're going to put Chris, um, not Chris, if you're going to put Max at number three, then who would you put second? Jess. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> well, because the other two are just bottom of the barrel. <laughs> so yes. Jess has been 
he's obviously been sniffing around Rory's heels, but and I could be completely wrong and just not remembering, but I don't feel like he's done anything really bad teenager-wise. He's, he's just kind of reacting to the trauma that he got thrown in, like he got thrown into one weird, weird environment in exchange for another more traumatic environment. So you fake a murder first one, being one day. Traumatic, so. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I would say Jess isn't doing the things that society wants him to do, um, right? He's not going to school. He's not behaving well. He's not He's not doing a lot of things that he should, big air quotes, do. Um, but most of the time, his behavior towards Rory is interested and respectful with, like, a little bit of sass. An edgy push. Yeah, there's, like, an edgy push there. Mm-hmm. He stole the bracelet, but then realized the bracelet meant something and yeah. gave it back. Yeah. So, and I think it was know. it was less of like an act of theft and more of like a prolonged holding that was inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, okay. My big thing between Max and Jess was that Max is a grown man in his thirties and should be able to communicate better, where Jess is a teenager dealing with weird, weird and traumatic situations. That's fair. I mean, I would say that they could be tied. I wouldn't be upset with that. Okay. So we have Luke, Jess, and Max kind of tied for a second. Mm-hmm. Guys, who who's getting it to all the way to the bottom and who's just slightly better? I think it has to be Dean, Christopher. Dean and then Chris. Like, Chris is Chris the bottom is the of the worst. barrel. Yeah, Chris is the absolute worst. We cannot defend that man. But, like, Dean has a few episodes where we root for him mm-hmm. and where we say, you know what, Dean, it's not fair what is happening to you. He yeah. definitely got dumbed down. Like, let's yes. be real. He got dumbed down and he got a little less, um, like, he doesn't relate to Rory like he did in season one. But I mean, he gets dumbed down. Season one, he's reading all the same books that Rory is because she's recommended him. Mm-hmm. Season two, he goes to that dinner at the grandparents and doesn't even know if he's going to college because he doesn't think he has the grades. Yeah. It's, it's very well, they different. Well, they had to dumb him down to bring in Jess and to really contrast Jess. Yeah. Jess had to be the smart one who was intellectually on par with Rory. Like, that had to be a huge push for him. Guys, mm-hmm. we did actually forget one Gilmore guy. Tristan? Tristan? Tristan. I mean, I would say Tristan above Dean. Yeah. Tristan is kind of the worst sometimes. I agree. But in the same way that he is the worst because of his traumas. Yeah. But he really tries. And when he really tries, he's a good guy. Yes. I would agree with okay, that. Okay, so our final list of... The Gilmore Boys ranking of season two is Luke all the way up front, followed by Jess, Max, Tristan, Dean, and all the way at the bottom is Christopher. Where he deserves to be. Like, we didn't even need to discuss why Christopher (laughs) is the bottom of the list. (laughs) Christopher is just terrible. So, boo, Christopher, you suck. Uh, We unfortunately will see you in season three. Yeah, basically. But yeah, guys, that's kind of our season two discussion. Is there Mm -hmm. anything else that you guys want to include before we move on? I am really excited about season three, like just getting into it 
because the production value increased. Mm-hmm. The hair and makeup budget looks like it's increased. It just, every season, this show was more successful, and it's so exciting to see what they're able to do yeah. when they have that success. Season three, there are there are specific points, specific episodes for each character where I just look at them and I'm just like, how did you get so much more beautiful mm-hmm. than you did five minutes ago? What the hell happened? Yes. Well, all of them, men and women. That was our season two discussion. Before we leave season two, guys, we have to talk about the townsperson of the season. Now, last season, it was Rachel. Yeah. Deserved. Well deserved. Mm -hmm. Now, this season... I'm very, very curious to hear your answers. How about you, Jess? Who are you choosing? I, I'll i come back to this again in fashion, but I think this was the season of Suki. She yeah. didn't always have... She wasn't in every episode, but she really had a character arc this season. She had a lot of growth. I think that she grew up. She achieved things that she wanted. I think this is a good Suki season, especially with the ability to know what comes in Suki's future. Mm-hmm. This is a great season for her. Like, think about it. She got into a relationship, moved in with that person, got engaged, and got married all in one season. Which is essentially yeah. a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, she got her life started. And I'm so proud of her. I think that she deserves it as well. Yeah, I agree too. Like season or episode one or two, I think it'd be episode two of the season when Lorelai has officially said yes and Suki is planning the surprise wedding shower or mm-hmm. whatever it is. You see you see a little bit of her still being kind of clumsy. Mm-hmm. And then as the season goes on, you lose that more and more. Like we just don't see it nearly as much. So I don't know if she like got her act together or they just took it off the screen. But, like, we kind of start off there and it goes away. But then, really, the big time that she's has some adversity from Lorelai of, well, when's the last time you were in a relationship? Like, she's like, well, obviously has a bad reaction to it. But then she just kind of takes takes the reins and asks yeah. Jackson out. And I think that's so sweet and so cute. I mean, and so awesome. yeah. And, like, when Lorelai and Suki got into their fight, you know, Lorelai was mean to her. She was. Mm-hmm. She was very mean. And, and Suki was fighting so hard to be uh-huh. a good friend, to maintain mm-hmm. the relationship. So, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Yay, Suki! I was thinking to myself, like, I put down a note, I think it's Suki, but what if they say Luke, right? Because I also <laughs> understand that Luke had a great season. Um, mm-hmm. He took his, his nephew in. He kind of grew up himself, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Suki just wins it for me. Luke yeah. might be season four when he moves the mattress into the dorm and out of the <laughs> dorm and back into the dorm and then back out of the dorm. Yeah. And we also have, obviously, like, the Luke fight that lasts for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we lose a lot of, like, potential positive Luke interactions. But, I mean, Suki is, like, such a stellar friend in this season. She's at Rory's Shakespeare thing. She's at the mm-hmm. graduation. Like she is a great person, and I'm really yeah. happy for her. All right, congratulations, Suki St. James. Suki, Yay! 
Jackson Belville. Belville. I don't Potentially know if she Suki ever takes Belville. his last name. Yeah, I, I think she keeps hers. I think yeah. she keeps it. So congratulations, Suki St. James. You are our season town person. Wait, no. You are our person town of the- person of the season. Congratulations. After townsperson of the season, I enjoy me singing you into References with Sandra. Weekly References with Sandra. All right, guys. For reference of the season, I'm actually going to go back to one of our all-time favorite episodes of Race Bridge Dinner. So the last time we did this episode, I clued everyone in on the fact that the Bracebridge dinner is real. It's in Yosemite, and it includes a man dressed up as a bear dancing. So, yeah. So disappointed we didn't see that. (laughs) And it's also $300 plus per person. So I found the menu online, and I thought we could go over the menu. Yum. I will um, throw a disclaimer out there that I know nothing about cooking. I am naturally bad at it and i looked at this menu and i'm like i don't know what half this stuff is yeah i actually had to um (laughs) google some of the things and find definitions so that's where i'm at not just me all right so the bracebridge dinner i'm assuming suki would have done something very similar there's seven Mm -hmm. courses the first course is the relish which i can only assume is like a refresher course? Appet- like an appetizer, I mean, yeah, yeah. like appetizer? I mean, a relish is like, it's a, a food, you know? And they have a chutney, which is like a f- sweet relish. It's a hot dog topping. <laughs> <laughs> so the relish is a sweet, sour Fuji apple chutney with a hazelnut dusted goat cheese curry and then beets and some kind of greens in it. So... I mean, I guess it's kind of like a relish. I don't, I don't know how that all goes. It's almost together. like a salad because of that's the, what I the was thinking. Beets and the micro greens would make it salad-like. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't What's think a... you would eat chutney on its own. And What's then a, a curry? micro green? Micro greens. Micro greens are, like... are when you, yeah, it's like you know bean sprouts. It's essentially like bean oh, sprouts, okay. but really little, and okay. you can grow them from a bunch of different plants. I didn't know that that was their food family. They were just yeah. greens to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're tinier greens. Would you guys eat the relish? Absolutely not. Fair. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> I would try it. I'm not I would a try big curry person. I don't eat cheese, so that would be out. The okay. chutney, hit or miss, and beets, a no. I would eat the chutney. Like, a sweet and sour like apple, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Well, the next course is the soup course. And it is a winter parsnip puree with butter croutons, a chive emulsion, and Sherville. So I had to look up what Sherville is, and it's French parsley. It's just ah, a okay. fancy word for parsley. Fancy parsley. Yes. That sounds fine. Guys, would you eat the soup? Yeah. I think I'll so. I'll try it. I'd try it. It sounds like a basic winter soup. <laughs> okay, now the fish is the next chorus. And I was very confused by every single word in this little thing. (laughs) (laughs) So first up is a tangelo brine scallop. So a tangelo 
is a citrus. It's a hybrid of a tangerine and a pomelo. So it's okay. it's, it's basically a fancy orange. What's a pomelo? Um, I think a, I believe they a red. Fa- no, they're yellow. Oh, it kind of looks like a a pear, like a grapefruit, and avocado. Yeah, it is similar to citrus. A grapefruit. So it's, it's two citrusy things that have been made into a third citrusy one thing. One big citrusy thing, basically. And so it's one. It's a citrus flavored scallop, yeah. which I'm already out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of seafood in general. Fish, fish. I don't mind scallops, but I don't like fish. Speaking yeah. of which, our next course in the fish um, courses is the Tangelo again, a Tobiko, which is fish roe, which are fish eggs, mm-hmm. mache. Like caviar. Yes. Well, no. It's closer to sushi, that the little um, things that they put on top of sushi. Caviar mm-hmm. is fish eggs. Yes, but this is... It's the red. It's, it's red. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's so it's closer to the sushi one. Um, mache, which is close. It's basically lettuce. <laughs> Tool. I'm assuming it's how you tuli. Twee. <laughs> it's a baked wafer. So it's wafer, lettuce, fish eggs, and an orange. I'm not sure. I, I would. This, eat this sounds like a disappointing. Twil. Yeah. Twil. It's French. Oh, twee. I think you would get one scallop with how much you are receiving in this meal. I think that they may give you like a fancy little plate with like one fancy scallop or one fancy cracker with some fish roe on it. (laughs) I don't know. Possible. The next course is the salad. And that is just your typical kale salad. However, it includes house bourbon bacon lardon, which I found out lardon is just just another word for bacon so they just say bacon twice (laughs) i mean they just want you to know there's bacon it's double bacon (laughs) it also has a hard-boiled quail egg so those are those tiny little eggs rye crisp which i'm assuming are like croutons and then a pear vinaigrette i would eat that probably not with the bacon but everything else is fine yeah it's a salad i don't like eggs but it's a salad i've never had quail egg I have had it. Quail eggs are really good. They're just really tiny and you have to prepare them very specifically. Um, Makes sense. And then we, we're getting to like the main courses. So the peacock pie is actually mentioned in Gilmore Girls. And the one that they make at this bridge brace dinner is a truffle rabbit confit empanada. So confit just basically means slow roasted. So it's a slow roasted rabbit empanada, which sounds awful. <laughs> I don't, I don't eat rabbit or any like game animals. I'm sure that Same. if you did, this would be delicious. For me, because I've never had rabbit, it would probably make me sick. I just the way that they describe what's in it: a natural rabbit reduction, avocado salsa, tomato oil, and corn shoots. It just sounds gross. Yeah. Not also, I think I would be a little disappointed if I was prepared for peacock pie and you gave me a rabbit empanada. Like, I know that it's just the name of the course, but very misleading. Well, the six and basically like the biggest course is the boar's head and baron of beef. So what you get is a 
butter roasted bran ranch beef tenderloin. Sounds delicious. Sure, yeah. And then uh, to me, <laughs> kabocha squash. So the kabocha squash is the green squash. Okay. A rainbow shard. Rainbow shard is just side veggies, French style. Purple potato croquette. Have you guys ever had croquettes? I have not. I've had croquetas, which are the Spanish version. <laughs> and it's basically just little... They look like... How do we even describe them? They look like little hush oh, puppies. Oh, like a little... Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, everything is made with a Sinfidel demi-glaze. So I actually really like the wine Sinfidel. I don't know about you guys. It's like mm-hmm. a, a rosé. I do. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know about that on a, I don't know, squash, chard, salad. I, I, I'm uh, very confused by all of this. Again, I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah. And then your last course is a plum pudding, which is something that Suki makes. And actually, there is a recipe in the cookbook for oh, nice. Suki's yeah. plum pudding. And that is served with a wassail. So wassail is a apple cider drink, basically. I was Ooh. gonna make it today. All you really have to do is simmer it for about forty-five minutes and cloves and cinnamon and apples. But I just didn't have the time to. But apparently, it's really good. And if you add a little bit of bourbon, it's real good. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> nice guys. That costs three hundred and thirty dollars per person. Now it looks like this is done at a hotel in Yosemite. This is uh, so, a place in, in Yosemite, yeah. I think, honestly, the only course that I would even really try, because I'm very picky, would be that soup. So it's definitely not worth $300 to me. I think mostly what you're paying for is, like, the experience. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, If you want to stay at the hotel, it's $600. That was my, like, do you have to stay at the hotel to be able to go you to this dinner not... so you're paying a hotel bill on top of it? I don't think you need to go to the hotel, but most okay. people do. Apparently, um, there's a little note that says attendance is no longer by lottery. Apparently, back in the day, it was by lottery. Because so many people wanted to go, I would think? I guess, yeah. And don't worry, there's another one coming up. So if you guys really want to go to Yosemite to go to a Bracebridge uh, dinner. Yeah, it looks like they're doing it in 2023. Guys, I don't have that much money. Yeah, Christmas 2023. So there you go. Get your tickets now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I love... I love the Brace Bridge dinner. I think it's so cool. I don't know about the food. That being said, maybe if Suki was the one cooking, I mean, you have to at least try, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was my reference of the season. And after that, we have Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. With Emily. So mine is not going to be nearly as in-depth as Sandra's was. Mine is going to be more of a statistics. So I did a speed run on the season. So in case you're wondering, that means I watched the entire season at 1.5 speed on Netflix. Nice. Which then I watched a normal speed episode and it felt really slow, which is weird to think (laughs) about Gilmore Girls. But I counted all of the band or music references So that meaning if they referenced a specific band or solo artist, Mozart counts, or they referenced a specific song, I counted that. 
if they referenced a song and the artist who sang it did not that was just one or if a popular song played in the episode i counted that okay just because so much of it is specific music made for Gilmore Girls. We don't have a whole lot of, like, radio songs. Movies, I counted. They had to either quote the movie or refer to it in some way. There were a lot of mentions of actors and actresses. If they did not allude to a specific movie when they mentioned said actress, I did not count it. Okay. Books, I counted any plays mentioned if they specifically quoted a book or obviously a title whenever we see a book uh, that was that and then tv shows i tried to get any that they mentioned or any that they might be referencing in one of their quips now these are ones i caught watching on 1.5 speed i'm sure there are a lot more that i missed <laughs> but for season two for band or music references i got 142 references oh wow or wow. music or songs played that averages to 6.45 per episode. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Now, also keep in mind that one of these episodes is when Lane decides she's going to be a drummer and throws like 15 bands out in a very short conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Movies, even more, 145. Wow. Well, so... there was that one episode that mentioned like 15 movies. Teach Me Tonight, actually. Mm-hmm. And then she also they also go into the movie store, too. Right. So there's posters. So that averages up to 6.59 per episode. After that, it drops off. I only caught 80 books, which interesting still seems like a lot. But for Rory being such a reader, it kind of shows how much they don't mention it as much, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that comes down to 3.63 references per episode and then tv shows 71 so 71 tv shows comes out to 3.22 references per episode that is a total of 438 references in season two in just those four categories that is insane that's wild And also to clarify, I did own all of the individual seasons at one point. I currently Get do the... not. So I do not have the reference booklets. Right, right. Yeah. To oh, yeah. compare. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is like some hardcore data analysis. Uh, I don't even know what to call that. That's incredible. You're like a Gilmore scientist. <laughs> well, to be, well, so some of them I did have, like, I had. So I have a dual monitor setup. I had the show running on one monitor, and then I had Chrome running on the other one, because there were a couple of references that, like, okay, I know this is a reference, but, like, what is this? Who is this? So I had to do some Googling to figure out, like, what category these things would fall into, if anything. Sometimes it was, like, a random filmmaker, and if that's the case, didn't count because there wasn't a specific movie attached to him. Mm-hmm. You gotta think, like, Roy, especially, with school reading did she have mm-hmm. time to watch all of these movies and know all of these books and know all of these references like when is she I'm doing assuming this? most of it came pre-chilton <laughs> yeah <laughs> when she Back was like when she 14? was just the smartest kid at stars yeah. hollow high yeah wow. didn't take any work to be valedictorian there well emily i'm i'm super impressed <laughs> I am super impressed that I watched the entire season at 1.5. That's incredible. I have seen a couple episodes at 1.5, and it 
they're so crazy fast. Mm-hmm. And then you get back to the regular and it's like, they're still fast, but yeah, it's not the same. Like you should, I encourage everyone to watch an episode at 1.5. It's so funny. Yeah, there would be a couple random times where whoever was talking would talk, be talking kind of slow. So like, I remember one conversation between Lorelai and Luke. And Luke is kind of, or Lorelai is having kind of a serious conversation and she's talking slower, but for the 1.5 speed, it's at a normal speed. <laughs> and I was like, did it turn off? What's happening here? But yeah, that is, I guess, media references for season two, 438 that I caught. I had to rewind quite a bit and be like, wait, because if, if you like zone out at all, at all, you're, you're missing stuff. Yeah, they're so quick. Yeah. But after that, fashion roundup with Jess. Making fashion choices. Making fashion choices. Making fashion choices with Jess. All right. Uh, for the season fashion, I didn't want to pick somebody who was like the season best dressed or the season worst dressed because there's so much fluctuation between episodes for all of the characters. I will say, I do think it, like I said, it's a season of Suki. I really applaud Suki's character costuming because Suki never has a throwaway outfit. She's never just in a basic sweater and jeans. She's never just wearing, you know, like comfy clothes. Every time you see her that she is not in her work uniform Mm -hmm. she has something on that shows her personality and Mm -hmm. even if you don't like it even if it's not you know to your taste you have to applaud that she is a character that they always give a little extra effort to so i love that for her but what i'd like to do for the whole season is i want to take us on a bit of a tour through season two's memorable fashion for better or for worse um so i do want to start with Lorelai's newspaper veil outfit that she wears with the shirt that has the pearl necklaces painted onto it. (laughs) Wasn't that a tank top too? It was yeah, it was like sleeveless, like a muscle tee. Yeah, just nice. A weird look. And then we have Rory's coming out dress. Of course, is it the same dress that Lorelai wore for her coming out? Definitely we'll never not. know. <laughs> well, what we see in the flashback later, or no, no, it, it's yeah, the next season, not. Yeah. not later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next season. <laughs> then obviously we have to, as Emily has already brought up, remember the mother-daughter red and black outfits that Lorelai and Emily wear on the catwalk during so their cute. fashion show, during mm-hmm. one of their happiest moments together. Mm-hmm. It's a real bummer that we don't get to see them super happy through the whole season, but that little glimpse is great. I have to give a special shout out to Fran's squirrel sweater, which I really I forgot about. That. Oh, Everybody <laughs> hated that sweater, but it is a sweater that was sold either by Urban Outfitters or Anthropology, and it was so popular back then that they brought it back in like recent years to sell again i can't that sweater feels like so long ago i feel like it was season one right it feels like it was a long time ago but it was not <laughs> we also have to recognize mia's monochromatic vibe she always looks sharp she always looks put together 
the Shakespeare costumes that Paris and Rory wear. Who could forget Paris as little Romeo? And again, Lorelai made those costumes, she did, right? Yes. Supposedly. Yeah, they're great. So wait, I don't think we mentioned this. If she made that Romeo costume for Tristan, for Chad Michael Murray. How did it fit Paris? <laughs> we'll but never those know. costumes look Stage magic. so much better than the wedding outfits. Yes. Oh, How does it does not compute? We'll talk about the wedding outfits in Stars Hall and Speaks. Okay, there were some words yeah. said to us. I also want us to remember Jackson's Squire Bracebridge. The only reason he was the squire is because he fit the outfit. Um, and unfortunately, we also need to remember Rune's no pants in the kitchen moment. Yeah, it's a fashion see. moment that stays with us. Also, shout out to Jackson's picture pajamas. Saw them twice in the season, which is always fun. Here's my little Lane shout out. Lane's cheerleader uniform. Hey, guys, right. remember Lane was a cheerleader? For like, half she had her own life. <laughs> Good for Lane. Keep cheering, girl. I know you don't, but, like, good good for you. Um, <laughs> Suki's pink, purple, and green proposal outfit that was my very controversial best dressed, but it's the season of Suki, and we all love her, even if you hate her clothes. <laughs> Who remembers Rory's terrible fuzzy pink rose sweater? Oh, of course. Oh, it's engraved in my it's head. Get a yep. basket. A really bad look. In a good episode, unfortunately. Then I have to, again, give kudos to Sherry's entire wardrobe. Sherry came on the scene, a fashionista. She looked great every time we saw her. I would be remiss to leave out Lorelai's pink dog sweater. I didn't Mm. like that sweater. No, it was bad. It was real bad. It was a bad sweater. It was a bad sweater. and I don't remember. Good. I do. Good for you. (laughs) I have a note that just says shearling on everyone. Shearling was big in season two. I'm interested to see Mm -hmm. if it carries over into season three. Props to Michelle's mom, Giselle, for her high fashion French outfits. She came in in a bold pink suit and I said, good for you, girl. Yeah. Uh, We have Lorelai's turquoise and brown graduation outfit which reminded us of our own color schemes of years gone by. And then, of course, at the very end, we have Suki's wedding dress and the sad, sad bridesmaid dresses. (laughs) Not the best way to end the season. Lots of memorable fashion moments. And I'm excited to see season three and what it has in store for us. Oh, for sure. Yeah, some standouts that you didn't mention, Jess, mm-hmm. with all of his camo vests. Yes, combinations. lots of camo. V- looking very cute. Dean with his oversized everything. And the leather jacket and the that leather jacket. comes and goes, yep. And then, I can't believe you didn't mention it, Taylor's cardigan. <laughs> Out of respect for Ellen, I did not mention Taylor's cardigan. <laughs> Also, though, Lane's bomber jacket. Oh, yeah. That yes. was so good. I only gave Lane the one outfit, but Lane's bomber jacket is so good, and I think it's so closely tied into her starting to find herself through drumming. But season three, I think we start to get a lot of better, like, Lane secret cool outfits. Yeah. So out of a rating yeah. out of ten, what would you give season two in terms of fashion? 
In terms of fashion, um, well, I think one thing you might have noticed is I really didn't call out Lorelai very often for her outfits. The thing is, if I was doing a best dressed, Lorelai would win every season. She's the main character. She's the mm-hmm. adult. She gets to wear kind of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Lorelai has some really good fits in this season, but she also has some really bad fits and kind of basing off her, like using her as kind of the thermometer of fashion. I'd say we're at like a seven. Season two, we're at like a seven. It's not terrible by any means, but there's a lot of room for improvement. All right. And as always, after fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. All right, so we had some comments on our last episode post on Instagram, and a number of you guys were talking about the fashion. So Gimme My Coffee said, just in case you need a late 90s bride's input, vow renewals were very much a thing to prove that we weren't our boomer parents. Regarding fashion, pasties were totally a thing in the 80s on. I remember them in the prom editions of my big sister's Seventeen magazine. On the bridesmaid dresses front, I wonder if they aren't meant to make our gals look miserable, because oof. Also, Chris kindly belly flop naked into a vat of Legos. Yes. yes. Yeah. What a terrible <laughs> thing, but also great imagery. <laughs> when did we, men- did we mention valve renewals? Am I um, just blanking on that? I don't know. I know there's valve renewals later mm-hmm. in the in the series, Maybe. Or maybe she's just giving us input because she was a 90s bride. I mean, I definitely remember talking about, like, pasties and, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we were wondering why... What Lorelai... Oh, yeah, what was happening with, with that. <laughs> um, so thank you. Give me my coffee. We also had Ash Miski, who said, Great episode. I was flipping through as you talked and was struck by how Chris literally goes from promising the world to Rory to immediately telling Lorelai he's leaving. But don't ask why. Congratulations on another great season. Can't wait for season three. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. The turn from Chris being the world's best dad to being the world's worst person is so fast. Quite amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And then Leah said... I had a thought during fashion. Perhaps it was a purposeful move on the costume department to have Rory and Lorelai's wedding looks underwhelming, so it was more about Suki and her wedding dress, even though we only got the one good look and not the actual wedding. Also, Suki's pre-wedding freakout is one of my favorite scenes, and I agree that this episode really made me dislike Chris for the rest of the series because it just shows how unreliable and manipulative he is, just toying with the girl's emotions like he did. Thanks, ladies, for another great episode. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, yeah. So, um, I did put up a story on Instagram just saying, just a vague, like, tell us your thoughts about season two. And a couple of you guys responded. First off, Lisa, who just said, yay, with a little heart emoji. I agree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am also yaying about the fact that season two is over. Um, Andy Lyons told us, love it. Thank you so much. Um, but Iman said, love the podcast. I love hearing your guys' thoughts on every episode. Season two is definitely one of my faves, along with three. It has Gilmore Girls, Charm, Jess, Suki, and Jackson. And overall, it's just nice and comforting for me. 
The Bracebridge Dinner is a classic. Oh, season two also has the Jess Rory Paris interaction that I'm obsessed with. Oh my god, we didn't even mention that. That was a great moment. That was such yeah. a great moment. Um, There's the Rub is a great episode until things get a little yelly at the end of until it. Until it's not. <laughs> until it's not. I really considered trying to put it in the summary, but I was like, realistically, it it really is just a one <laughs> episode <was>. thing. <laughs> Jess Rory and Paris, the, the trio that could have been. But guys, thank you so mm-hmm. much for your messages. We have a couple more comments coming our way, right? Yes. Um, We also got a message from Gabby on Instagram. Hey, girls, I just had time to finish last week's episode. And I have to say, I've seen the show enough times that I've definitely noticed all the flaws on the bridesmaids dresses. And the only reason I don't hate the dresses is because during Suki and Jackson's first date, Lorelai tells Luke she'll wear blue to the wedding. I've heard about that. So sweet. Yeah. And the fact that she really does, no matter how bad the dress looks, just makes me so happy. Well, in in canon, Lorelai did this to herself. So. Yes, she did. <laughs> like, you can't even be mad. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we also got an email this week from M. Uh, said, I found your podcast a few months ago, and I just wanted to send an email expressing my love and appreciation. I started watching Gilmore Girls when I was very young from the beginning of its original run and have not stopped watching ever since. Because I don't know anyone personally who watches it, I've been scrounging the internet for Gilmore Girls communities to be a part of. And I have noticed that since Gilmore Girls started on Netflix, there's been a dramatic increase in the interest of the show, along with additional available podcasts. While I have tried listening to many of those available, I was never able fully to get into them. I love everything about yours, the content, the host personalities, the custom jingles, and the in-depth discussions, and the overall feels I get when listening. I'm so thrilled to have found people who are equally invested and enthusiastic about a show that is just so near and dear to my heart. Based on what I've heard, it appears that we are all around similar ages, and I think that is why this particular podcast is so relatable and comforting for me, similar to how I repeat watch Gilmore Girls on Constant Loop, not an exaggeration. (laughs) I'm just really happy to have found fans of the show that I connect with. Again, just an appreciation email, and I hope you all keep doing what you do. I will be here waiting and listening. And most importantly, I am Team Jess. Always have been and always will be. Also, Justice for Lane. (laughs) <laughs> thanks so, M. thank you M. yes that was such awesome a sweet email. email to read and M also said that they joined yes. us for our remarkest watch party the other night so thank you so much for tuning in yes thank you i was just about to say that so thank you jess so all season long we have been sharing our stars hollow speaks with you and obviously we read comments we read emails we read messages But for season three, we would love you to get a chance to have your voice be heard even more. Um, What's a classic Gilmore Girls thing? Checking their answering machine. So we are going to have our very own answering machine. Through our podcast host, Anchor, you are able to leave us a voice message. So we would love if you guys would like to send us a voice message and we will check our answering machine in future episodes. And these will also be in the episodes that we can, assuming we don't get 800 million that would make a three hour long episode. (laughs) Yeah. If we get to that point, we'll cross that bridge. (laughs) But yeah, feel free to send us memos in, tell about the episode itself, or just 
anything that's on your mind related to Gilmore Girls, we usually have, you know, we'll share our, our thoughts as well. But guys, now that we're done with Stars Hollow Speaks, I'm not just going to do coffee. I mean, I am going to do coffee. But I'm also going to talk about Emily's maids and Kirk's jobs. So last season, we did break down the numbers a little bit more. We're not going to do that going forward, but we are going to still maintain a count on how many jobs Kirk had and how many maids Emily had. So up first, guys, I want you to guess how many maids Emily had this season. Nine. I'm going to say 11. I'm going to real quick say I did include the seven people that she hired for Richard's party. Oh. oh. So including those seven people. 18. Okay. <laughs> 16. <laughs> Guys, it was 17. <laughs> so, ah, so close. Okay. Average. So close. <laughs> uh, there were eight named Antonia. Marina, Lizelle, who got fired and replaced with an unnamed uh, maid, Marciella, Graciela, and Elsa. And then there were nine unnamed, including those seven that were for Richard's party. I would like to say Price is Right rules. I win. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Now, Kirk's jobs. How many jobs do you think Kirk had? And I will say I did include the time that he helped Rory and Lane with the CD drop because I feel like they paid him <laughs> when he Probably. was like a low key con man. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say like five. Okay. Say seven. Okay. It was nine jobs. <gasps> so wow. here's the thing, guys. We missed in the first episode, Sadie. Sadie, he is a mailman. He is wearing a mailman's oh, outfit yeah. and he's giving out mail. Um, later on, when he's talking about Teach Me Tonight, or in Teach Me Tonight, he mentions Mailman, and we were like, when was he a Mailman? First, first episode. <laughs> I know he becomes one in the future. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or I guess well, he, again, was one. he was one. So his jobs were Mailman. Um, he worked at Lorelai and Max's engagement party. He was a photographer mm-hmm. for Max and Lorelai, although he never actually became a photographer because the wedding never happened. But he was hired for it. it. Yeah. Um, he was a mechanic for Lorelei. He was a waiter at the Bracebridge dinner. He's a Stars Hollow video employee. Um, he helped Rory and Lane with the CD. He's a reenactor and he directed his own movie. Nine jobs. Uh, editor Sandra coming in just to say, I completely forgot that Kirk is also the termite guy. So it's technically 10 jobs, not nine jobs. Sorry about that. Why don't we go back to the past now? He's a busy dude. He is. So, um, I don't remember how many jobs he had last season. If anything, season seven will just add all the jobs together and mates. Mm-hmm. Now, coffee. Guys, how many cups of coffee do you think Lorelai drank this season? 35. Okay. 47. Holy crap, Emily. It was 34. 
And how many cups of coffee do you think Rory drank? Say 27. 23. Emily, it was 24. Wow. (laughs) So there is a 10 cup difference between Lorelai and Rory. 34 to 24. But, and I don't have my notes, unfortunately, from last season, but I feel like last season was 45. So it went down by 10. We did have less coffee in this season. I mean, we definitely had a coffee drought at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. So, yeah, those were my numbers. They drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily has a lot of maids. Kirk has a lot of jobs. <laughs> but guys, that was the episode. Um, It was just a little roundup. That was the season. That was, yeah, the, that was season. the season. Guys, tell us what you think about Jess's songs. I think personally they're amazing. Or don't. Yes. You don't have to tell us. <laughs> Maybe uh, if, if, you, if you have nice things to say. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. I think they're fantastic. They are. I think that this is proof that I have a very, uh, very low ego. Because I think that they're kind of funny, but I also recognize that they're very bad. So thank you for listening. I will try my very best not to lose next season so you don't have to hear me again. Oh, God. I th- That would be a nightmare for me. So I have to win next season again or at least get second place. <laughs> I can't. I'll stick with my summary. <laughs> I'll stick with season summaries. Or maybe we'll think of something new. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody could summarize quite like you, Emily. Emily, it's like a fast forward button is pressed when you talk. It's like crazy. Genuinely the gift of gab. I don't know fast what you gab. said. <laughs> I I will have to like take it into audacity and slow it down so I know what <laughs> you said. I I'll send what I typed up. Perfect. It'll make sense then. Guys, thank you so much for listening for this year and two months like 14 months into this podcast we are just done with season two we will be off next week but we will be coming back in july with season three one of my favorite seasons oh i can't wait and i know that we already gave a little push for this an episode or two ago but now is a great time if you want to support us if you want to jump on our buy me a coffee you know, if you're still enjoying, if you've been here for all two seasons, even a couple dollars makes a big difference. So mm-hmm. thank you to those of you who are supporting us. And we look forward to anybody else who joins in. Of course. Yes. And please continue to leave reviews, rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us. That really helps get our name out there um, and just help helps get more people to find us so literally anything you can do is always a huge help and makes us feel great just having good reviews well as always i was sandra i was emily and i was jess and we'll see you in the next season bye 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 thank you so much for listening as always you can reach us on instagram at town meeting pod or email us at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And now you can support us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. Hope you guys enjoyed. Bye!